Support for this podcast comes from Wreckfest 2. Wreckfest 2 is the in-house recruitment event of the summer, with an incredible lineup of speakers and the biggest conversation of like-minded recruiters in the world. Wreckfest 2 is taking place on July the 9th in London and is now sold out. Go to wreckfest2.com to join the waiting list or follow the conversation via Twitter and Periscope on the day itself. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Recruiting Future podcast. This week's guest is Nick Price from CareerGift. I've known Nick for a very long time, having worked with him at TMP and then more recently on developing Mystery Applicant. Nick has some unique insight at the intersection of employer brand and the candidate experience, something he's tapping into to develop CareerGift's offering to help employers deal with rejected candidates. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Recruiting Future podcast interview. My guest this week is Nick Price. Uh, Nick works for uh, a new company to the market, CareerGift. Um, how, Nick? Hi, Nick. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Matt. Good stuff. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about CareerGift later, but for those people kind of not familiar with you, it'd be great if you could just talk about uh, your background um, and the kind of things you've done and, uh, you know, what, what, what you're sort of interested in in this space. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I've spent about 15 years working in the employer branding field in some some shape or form, I guess. My formative years were spent at TMP, where we were one of the first organisations, I think, really to take research uh, and employer branding seriously within the context of recruitment. In those days, uh, research and recruitment didn't necessarily go hand in hand, because uh, I remember talking to a lot of account managers and account directors about doing research with their clients, and uh, they sort of gave me a funny look, because uh, it wasn't a full page in the in the Sunday Times. And as we evolved that, with companies taking it more and more seriously, understanding the messages that they need to, needed to deliver to recruit the right people, Employer branding kind of evolved around that, that sort of time and we started working with companies such as IBM who I think was one of the first big research projects that we did across Europe. That was really where um, you know, I started my career and as employer branding took off and more and more companies started to use it, we started to embrace more the, the internal side as well. So. Um, you know, matching up that perception, that expectation that uh, potential job applicants would have with the reality of what it was actually like working there. So I worked for TMP for um, some time, then worked uh, as head of research at 33, where again we did a lot of interesting projects. We did projects around Europe and in India, again involving that, the employer branding and EVP work. And and I guess really at that point, I left 33 to plan my own fire, if you like. I was quite keen to do more consultancy work and do more work around the communication side of employer branding as well. So we did a lot of film work. Um, this is back 2000, 2007, 2008, when recruitment videos were still more one-way traffic, if you like. They're more about delivering a message rather than engaging with what the actual message of working for that organisation would be like. So did that and then I became very much focused on the candidate experience piece because uh, with employer branding the candidate has a very valid view on what that organization is like particularly from a brand perspective you know their perception of why they'd want to work there the expectation they're going to have if they join and 
really that started to sow the seed for when we uh, set up Miss Draplicum, which was a candid experience uh, feedback tool. And the thinking behind that was so we were asked uh, we were asked in so many ways for feedback in consumer society, if you like, you know, to rate your experience uh, on things like eBay, Amazon, etc. But you know, applying for a job is one of the most important things that you can do. And at the time, people weren't getting asked for feedback on that. So that was really um, where Mr. Applicant sat, and that's you know still going strong. And really, that that's where my focus has been the last uh, you know three, four, five years. It's really been on the candidate experience element of employer branding, but making sure that this is all very much placed in uh, the wider context of of that employer brand piece. I work with you at TMP and we work together uh, on Mystery Applicant as well. And I know that you've always had a very, uh, you know, strong view about what employer branding is and what employer branding isn't. What, what's your what's your definition of employer brand and how um, how does that sort of dovetail into, um, you know, candidate experience? What, what is it that employers need to be aware of here? Employer branding has had so many different types of definition and application in the last, you know, in the last few years. I mean, you know, we're familiar with the, the way that it was first used as a term back in back in the nineties, but it's really evolved. I think with more and more companies now are developing their employer value proposition in in a more meaningful way and. Employer branding's moved on from just being, you know, it's what people say about you when you're not in the room, etc. And and there was a phase where nobody controls employer brand because everybody talks about it on social media. I think it's actually about um, sound thinking for, led from the top around an organisation, its culture, and um, you know the way it's perceived and and actually valued by the employees themselves. Where uh, where does the candidate experience fit with that? What why why is it so important, and what what do employers need to be aware of? I think to, particularly now, um, you know, hiring practices just generally it, it's become a more two way, transparent relationship. If you like, companies that take care of the employer brand and improving how they treat candidates are, are therefore attracting better quality candidates. A candidate job applicant, they'll already be forming a perception of that organisation before they've even applied, and they're visualising themselves in that role. So the way the candidate is then treated through that process is really important because you know, those hopes can be dashed pretty quickly. Um, and so the whole subject of candidate experience is a very important one. Um, and in, in terms of how it fits with employer branding, I think we should, should also not forget that just applying for a job and going through the process, you know, candidate experience doesn't start or stop there. And there's some interesting research I, I was reading um, done by the Aberdeen Group. I talked about the impact of onboarding. Now, onboard, onboarding is a vital part of uh, that employer brand experience. And you could argue that um, some people will actively say they do it, but pretty much everybody does it, even if they do it badly. And what Aberdeen Group did was look at the impact of onboarding effectiveness. And those in the bottom 30% um, of, of how they scored this, this piece of analysis defined as the onboarding laggards retained only 30% of their employees after one year, whereas those in the top 20% retained 91% of their first year employees. So when we talk about kind of experience, we shouldn't just talk about it in an isolation because it has a big impact on your ability to not only recruit the right people, 
but all done properly or so to retain the right people. That's really interesting. I'd not I'd not come across that particular um, angle on it b- before, and interesting to hear those those stats. What, uh, from your experience of sort of working with with lots lots of companies in this space, and um, you know, obviously having uh, hu- having huge amounts of um, uh, exposure to, to 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 stats via via the things that you've been you know researched by the things you've been working on. What uh, what do employers need to to, to do this well what are your sort of uh, you know your top tips if you like um, in terms of uh, providing a better candidate experience I guess the first point is start by thinking about the numbers that are coming into contact with your brand and how you go how you're going to manage that experience the, the candidate experience awards and the talent board have done a lot of research in, into this area and some really useful stats and um, and one of those um, one of those stats was that over half of candidates have some relationship with a hiring organisation. Um, and this is like to be even higher if it's a retail group, for example, with large volume hire. So the first thing is to think about how you're actually treating those that aren't successful. Um, and I think when we talk about candidate experience, you often talk about making the process better. And a lot of organisations frame their offering around that. But I think it's, it, it, it goes... It goes far beyond that. Uh, again, some interesting research showed that you know nearly half of the people that apply for jobs are looking at the values when they research your organisation. So those values have to be reflected in terms of your behaviours, your process, and how you're treating those candidates. Thinking about the candidates you don't hire, how do you manage their hopes and expectations? You know, put yourself in their shoes. Be clear on setting expectations. Align your behaviours and messages, messaging. Um, with your EVP and your employer brand. 43% of candidates experience discrepancies between job descriptions and what they they actually end up doing. Nobody wants those kind of surprises. So I think be realistic, be transparent and, and be honest. And I think, you know, be considerate of your candidates' time and efforts. Now, we know that it um, indeed, for example, and other sites make it a lot easier to apply now. And there are a lot of candidates that may fire off a lot of quick applications, but there's a lot of people that dedicate a lot of time to applying for a job. And I think recognising that effort and input is really important. I read another another stat that said 74% of the data collected by companies on candidates is not even used in the selection process. 38% of candidates surveyed in the Candidate Experience Awards um, didn't re- received any information prior to their actual interview. Um, the only information they got was a date and location. Think about that relationship you're building with those candidates as they apply. And offer feedback where possible. I know this isn't always practical, but you know, there are tools there that can help you. The final sort of point on all this is measure it. Don't just measure it, though. Listen to it and and action it and and put the right interventions in place to consistently improve the the candidate experience. 75% of candidates surveyed by the talent board were never asked about their experience before they'd received that survey. We're we're talking about HR technology. We're talking about data. We're talking about candidate uh, candidate experience being big topics. And yet not enough organisations are getting regular feedback and acting on it and actually making it um, a real, um, you know, a, a measurable business management tool. I, th- I think that's really interesting because I think that uh, a lot of the talk and focus on candidate experience is, uh, is all about 
small practical things that that sometimes are very difficult to implement and i think what you've what you've illustrated there is that this is a this is this is a strategic decision that fits um alongside an employer brand strategy and it it it's um you know it's it's not necessarily easy to do but um you know there is data that you can collect and um uh you know the the the, the benefits of uh paying time and attention to this in terms of uh recruitment ROI are uh, are quite big could you just to kind of finish off could you just sort of tell us a little bit about um career gift okay yeah so in, in talking about the number of people that come into contact with your brands but don't actually uh, aren't actually successful in their application. Career Gift is an online career management toolkit to help people get the job they want. So every candidate that applies to your organisation will get uh, a link and access to Career Gift. So for all those people that um, weren't successful on this particular occasion, you're effectively giving them um, a gift of an, and access to the Career Gift portal. And you know our view is that it's an opportunity to give something back but it's also a, a very uh, important and you know fundamentally good thing to do. And they can go away better equipped in the job hunting world and improves their relationship with your brand and they may well come back further down the line as a, as a better candidate and, and become successful with you. So it's, it's a way of maintaining your, your good brand relationship with the, the candidate and job applicants and building a positive association with that um, application experience. So basically, it's it's content to help job seekers with their job search that's that's kind of branded uh, by, by by the company they've applied to. It's jointly branded with Career Gift. It's um you know we every candidate can go away and have access to Career Gift, and it's basically sponsored by that organisation. Fantastic. Well, um, best of luck with uh, with Career Gift, and thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. My thanks to Nick Price. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. You can listen to past episodes and read show notes at www.rfpodcast.com. And also subscribe to our mailing list there to get exclusive content and find out about future guests. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. <laughs>